Oh, what are you, Marty, sir. What are you doing? Get this thing out of my way. I'm sorry, sir. This is closed. Closed? How can it be closed? We're redecorating. What kind of nonsense is this? Oh, we're just trying to brighten up our lives, sir. We had many complaints that the latrines lacked any sort of aesthetic quality whatsoever, and it's essential that we show the Koreans democratic plumbing in action. Hey, welcome back to Draining the Swamp. I'm Zach. I'm Maxie. Uh, so we did miss a week, but don't worry about it. Here's what you need to know. Uh, everything's broken. Mm-hmm. And everything needs fixing. I've never felt closer to the, my, my boys at the 4077 than <laughs> uh, standing in 90-degree heat trying to fix a damn TV, doing TV surgery. Mm-hmm. And, and then hurling because you are on new medication and well yes there was all that let me tell you the only difference between um like fixing a tv and like doing surgery doing surgery on a tv and doing surgery on a body is that when you're doing surgery on a body there's nothing you can touch that will kill the guy and you <laughs> i suppose that's usually true but what if you get hepatitis well judging from these episodes you can get hepatitis just by being in the same room as somebody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what else broke this week? Uh, oh, you know what? While I was setting up stuff uh, for us to record this whole week, I was like, oh, it's probably going to be stuffy uh, here in the studio, my bedroom. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be stuffy in here, and like, I'm trying to figure out a way to block out the fan noise if we want to have the fan on so we don't die. Uh, Good point. That broke today, too. Anyway. I'm excited to just talk about some MASH. I agree. Even if we watched these episodes two weeks ago, and they're a little hazy. Listen, that's why we take notes. Yeah, and I take great ones. Do you want to read us a little sampling? Um, well, in okay, so the what I wrote the first episode we watched was audio kind of scuffed. Just because I remember the audio being kind of scuffed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I've seen your notes, and you write down, like, plot points and, like, breaks to remember what happened. And I'm just writing down shit like Frank attempting to have a character. Well, you know, you're the color commentator. If you can call me that. Uh, my first note of the first episode we're talking about today, Season 1, Episode 10, I Hate a Mystery, is... All caps. Hojon is still here. Why are Hojon and Oliver here? And then I have a little arrow going from that that says, It's like a prank. <laughs> it's like they're fucking with us. Even though we are 50 years in the future, they knew. So yeah, uh, in this episode, Henry has a fish, Radar has his teddy bear, and Hojon is still here. Serving them. Serving them martinis at the beginning. He's still just like their errand boy. Let this man free. <laughs> Listen, he, tr- he tries to liberate himself in this episode and see how well it goes. Yeah, so... Actually, on that note, we should talk about um, Dick Hooker 
And maybe we did him a little bit of a disservice when we talked about the transition. Uh, no, well, actually, uh, the the quote you're thinking of is from Robert Altman. Oh, I uh, see. Who directed the movie. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so so no word on whether Dick Hooker is any good. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, do you have that Robert Altman quote on hand? Uh, well, let me just snap my fingers and do an edit. All right, so the quote is... I didn't like the series because that series was, to me, the opposite of my main reason for making this film. And this was to talk about a foreign war, an Asian war that was going on at the time, and to perpetuate that every Sunday night for 12 years, and no matter what platitudes they say about their little messages and everything, the basic image and message is that the brown people with narrow eyes are the enemy. And so I think that the series was quite a racist thing. I didn't approve of it, I didn't like it, and I thought it was the antithesis of what we were trying to do. But most people don't even know this film exists. If you poll the world, <laughs> they'd say, oh, that was that series with Alan Albert, or whatever his name was. So yeah, this is when like my knowledge of film is like really, really lacking, because mm -hmm. I'm not too aware of other films Robert Altman has made. I've heard his name before, I think. Like I, uh, I'm not surprised that he seems like an opinionated guy. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe I didn't give uh, the idea of the movie enough credit, because I just figured that the tone that we're seeing in the first season of this show is more derived from the movie but mm -hmm. it seems like it was more derived from the book uh but yeah like the, the, the what he's talking about is kind of what we've touched on a little bit which is just like the way this show kind of uh depicts korea at this time and in japan at that time Asia for that matter, in general yeah. um What was I going to say? It, it, is, it strikes me as a portrayal that is not without sympathy, but it's definitely very clumsy. Yes. And I think it's sometimes actively counterproductive. It, it plays into stereotypes. Now, do you mention this perhaps in relation to the episode we're about to discuss where the, uh, the Asian sidekick turns out to be engaged in some shady double dealing on the side? And has, like, seven siblings. Off-screen, who we don't need to worry about. Yeah. They're just a plot device, it's fine. Oops. So, yeah, how does this episode actually open? Like, because I, I, I know the first kind of uh, inciting incident of the episode. Uh, from what I recall, it opens on the boys playing poker in the swamp. As they do. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and then, like, Frank notices, like, uh, the frame on his mother's picture is missing. Yeah, and he starts freaking out because he's a mama's boy. Um, he does at this point... I mean, I'd be pissed, too, because that's, like, such a specific thing to steal. Yeah. Uh, from there, we just sort of go through a bunch of stuff that's been stolen. Uh, so, yeah, like... Houlihan has had her brushes taken. Uh, Henry had his his like girlfriend's first ever fish that she caught stuffed and i guess that no he was giving her fishing gear as a yeah. gift but the box is empty um so yeah various thefts are happening all over camp uh and people are agitated about it first evidence that henry has fished at all he's been wearing this hat the whole time but now we know now we know that he actually does it no, he doesn't. She caught the fish. 
okay, well, presumably they fished together. That's how they met. (laughs) Uh, So there is a meeting held at dinner to discuss these thefts. Um, Oh, yeah, by the way, no, before we get to that part, there's there's a part where Trapper... He does, like, a horny Frankenstein thing? Yeah, the way they shoot it, it's like an old horror movie where someone... Uh, comes in is just their hands and you can't see the rest of their body and they're creeping up on someone and then they hug them and it's like oh it's fine but like that's why they call him trapper yeah you know it's wacky and wholesome Ugh. um but yeah like like a teacher asking who wrote fuck on the walls henry calls everyone into the dining room uh and hopes whoever's up to it will just speak up and of course everyone thinks it's hawkeye because he's the prankster here and they all assume that he's just got some elaborate scheme going mm-hmm. um uh, important thing they do the uh bit where henry needs radar to call everybody to attention again uh, if i recall correctly in this one he just directly asks radar can you like call them to attention yeah. which yeah. is pretty good <laughs> like the teacher thing he does the thing where he flicks the lights which can i just say very bad idea if you're dealing with a thief yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever Th- this episode is less of a whodunit and more of like a why did they <laughs> uh do you mean hojon or the writers both like uh, like i know we just spoil the end of the episode like not like it's gonna be it's a, huge, a stupid ending it's though. a stupid ending so like uh hawkeye gets on his like sherlock holmes shit with the whole trench coat and hat and whatever um and he, d- he does the old folk tale where it's like oh I, this chicken's covered in soot but if you put only guilty people will get their hands dirty if they touch the chicken what is that from? It's, you know, it's some old folktale or whatever. Okay. He basically does a variant on that. Yeah, he, he does a, a scheme where he convinces everyone, uh, which, by the way, I, I was, like, actually trying to think, like, okay, who's, who's actually behind this? And I noticed that in that last scene in the dining room, they have everyone in, even characters we don't care about anymore. But Father Mulcahy isn't there. Oh. And I really wanted it to be him. Somehow. But no, it's Hojon. Uh, and it turns out he was trying to save up money to bribe a border guard to let his family in from the north. And he's, and here's the thing that made me mad. He says that he didn't think Hawkeye would help. Hawkeye raised $2,000 to send him to school, which he still hasn't done. I don't know what's taken them so long. But yeah, no, Hawkeye would absolutely put together a much more entertaining scheme to take care of this. Exactly. And he would jump at the, at the opportunity to scheme at a border guard. Uh, so yeah, real character misjudgment from Hojon there. Cinema sins. Ding. <laughs> Uh, I do like the part where Hawkeye is, basically radar is assigned to tail Hawkeye oh, everywhere yeah. to make sure he doesn't steal anything. And he's wearing a ghillie suit like in PUBG. Uh, and Hawkeye hides in Father Mulcahy's tent. I, I, is that where we get the first slashy mash quote yeah, in the so episode? That, what, oh, by the way, something you should also know is uh, I went through the slashy mash quotes archive and I put together a Twitter bot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I post one every few hours or so, 
I think it's a good idea. Listen, some of these quotes are just okay, but some of them are really, really good. <laughs> and that's the thing. I haven't done much um, quality control on them. So sure. it makes the good ones better. But yeah, uh, at Slashy Mashbot is the account for that. Uh, but yeah, that does bring us to our first and I think only Slashy Mash quote of this episode. I've been hoping you'd stop by. Don't be deceived by these traffics. Underneath them, I'm just an ordinary man who is as prone to temptation as you are. Unbelievably gay. <laughs> that is the first line of, like, a porno. Or, or at least the first line of a very understanding priest trying to help out his gay friends. Mm -hmm. His gay kleptomaniac friends. <laughs> Now, strictly speaking, Hawkeye, only one of those is against the Ten Commandments. So the way I see it, <laughs> if you stop stealing, it's okay to be gay. You can fuck all you want. I know how much you love fucking. I'll tell you what I do enjoy about this episode is um, once Hawkeye's whole like plan to bait out and reveal the thief is underway, he does lean way into like the detective act like i've gathered you all here yes. today because one of you is the true thief a hawkeye seems like the kind of person who loves playing a bit so you two would get along <laughs> hawkeye would be great at a tabletop rpg <laughs> that that is actually very true so yeah that's that episode we're just Weird one, man. There's too much to unpack with Hojon. I, I feel like we've unpacked all of it, like, in the past, like, ten minutes or so, or at least, you know, some of it. Uh, I and, mean, that's and the thing. Like, on the one level, there's a fair amount to unpack, but also, there's not enough of him here to, like, get too deep into it, you know? Yeah, that's that's why it's disappointing, because he seems like such a flat character that they're continuing to, like give airtime but like not any actual development to yeah and then he just turns out to be the bad guy of this episode <laughs> should have been father mulcahy should have been somehow teaching everyone a very oh. shitty lesson <laughs> and that's why stealing is wrong <laughs> father we weren't we weren't stealing until you did it Uh, do you want to talk about Season 1, Episode 11, Germ Warfare? Do we have to? <laughs> oh, you didn't like this one. Eh, it's not that I didn't like it, it's just that... I feel like they were, like, drunk when they wrote it. <laughs> like, it's just a little incoherence? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, in this episode, Hawkeye and Trapper steal Frank's blood. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye and Trapper steal Frank's piss. And no one knows how hepatitis works. Yeah, maybe maybe that's how it was in the 50s. Maybe they hadn't figured it out yet. But, oh, it's uh, historically accurate. The, back in the 50s, they were like using leeches and shit, right? And balancing out humors. We still use leeches. I, I know we use leeches for certain specific practices where bloodletting is required, but like... And when your humors are out of whack. Exactly. Are, are you uh, more phlegmatic or sanguine, would you say? You know I'm melancholic. <laughs> I'm very choleric myself. You're hot-blooded. Take it from me. 
so we open with uh, Frank checking on some patients, and he actually notices that one of the people that the MASH unit is working on is actually a North Korean prisoner of war. And uh, because he's just like a real... Which, first of all, Mm -hmm. I thought this is going to be what the episode was going to focus on. Seems like it maybe should. Seems like, you know, a, a rich vein. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, what do we do with this injured man who we have to treat but is technically a belligerent of the other side and every asshole in the camp is going to be, like, on that? So, like, Frank is already the guy saying, like, well, we're going to send him to a POW camp. Uh, And so they take him into the swamp? Yeah, so the specific exchange is Frank is talking about how there are only so many beds in the surgical tent. And there's actually a pretty good one-liner here where I, I believe Hawkeye says, yeah, tell that to the guys at the front. Yeah. Um, so basically, Henry is on Frank's side, because, especially because the patient specifically needs AB negative blood. Um, and eventually, the agreement that everyone comes to is they can treat this POW, but he doesn't want him occupying one of the surgical beds, so Hawkeye and Trapper are just going to, like, wheel him into the swamp and nurse him back to health there. Well, there's more room in there now, now that Oliver's disappeared. <laughs> well, He returned to his home planet. <laughs> you say that, and I say that in two to three episodes... He'll just show up again. <laughs> he's gonna show up again, and I'm gonna get mad because they still haven't figured out what to do with him. And they never will. I don't know why you keep hoping they will, because... No, it, it's not even that I hope they will. It's not that I expect they will. It's just, like, every time he shows up, I remember that they aren't, <laughs> and it's like, just give up! You're not trying! Just stop pretending! So, yeah, like, kind of... There's that one... Uh, North Korean issue and then there's the also the other issue of like what is the morality of stealing blood well if you're stealing it from a guy who sucks stealing a racist blood is okay but what if you put the racist blood into the guy and like it gets him sick it, no I was gonna say it makes him it, he gets internalized racism it, like, oh, like there's a psychic image that's that's where it's internalized in the blood. <laughs> exactly. It gets in your bloodstream. Uh so yeah, th- I think lead poisoning does that. <laughs> well, bad news, he probably has that too on account of the bullets. Um so here in my notes I have radar brings mystery file. I don't remember what the context of that is well uh that well i also have a radar uh note that i don't remember anything about radar's big eater trait i think i've noticed that radar just like eats in like most scenes he's in and i'm waiting for that to be like forgotten about because i don't remember that being a thing for him hey autistic king i'm i'm always eating i'm autistic it i I feel a commonality is that how we're reading radar I feel like it is very difficult to read Radar O'Reilly as neurotypical. Like, he he has just kind of like a, a way about him, and he's like very meticulous to the point that he can like predict what his boss is going to ask you know, before he asks it. Very fixated on his job and his duty. 
Mm-hmm. But also, you know, he, he engages in pursuits that might be read as childish if you're uncharitable, like the comic books and whatnot, which I believe we've started to see by now. Yeah, and, and like the last episode, the thing that he had stolen was his teddy, mm-hmm. which is like a recurring item for him. I, I think we can reasonably say Radar O'Reilly is on the spectrum. Okay, I accept this. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess he brings him a mystery file. Um, anyway, the important thing is the prisoner of war, who I believe is named Pi, he needs a blood transfusion. And they figure out, well, we don't have any, like, of the blood supply for medical stuff to go around, but... We have Frank. Frank is a match. Frank can donate. Uh, so what they do is they wait until he's asleep. Uh, they do this Igor and Dracula bit, which some- you know Dracula's famous companion Igor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, it's like Frankenstein and Renfield, one of the classic <laughs> yeah. combos. Um, I I do have a note here that while they're drawing the blood, one of them says to Frank, "Good night, darling. You're the greatest." Oh yeah, we're gonna play that one later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you forget the part where he kisses him on the forehead. And then Frank has, like, the little death. <laughs> I have a note here that says, Horny Vision Activated. I don't remember the context no, of that. that I remember okay. that one, because uh, it's it's just, like, a, a scene cut to some, like, pink vignetted, like, scene of mm-hmm. staring at a nurse. And then it's revealed that is Hawkeye. And it's like, oh, this is just how he sees the world all the time. That, that's actually how he copes with all the suffering, like... As long as he's horny, he can sort of, he can blunt his own empathy and, like, all, all the grim... De- it, it's saying a and lot that you, even with that, all the grim de- death and decay is still very apparent to him. Do you do you know Sai uh, no Uta? I don't. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. It's like this in reverse. I see. Um, something... Okay, <laughs> listen, you... I'm actually going to apologize for, like, how scattered I am this week. We'll get there, okay? Um, but, like, I remember being pissed off at something else in this episode. Uh, I think it's probably while while Henry is on the phone. Yes, Henry is on the phone to a general asking him, can we, like, get an extension for this North Korean so we don't have to send him to a prisoner of war camp right away? Uh, and he's a complete pushover, so it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And, like... Everyone in this show can dupe higher-ups all the time, but Henry. Well, yeah, because Henry's one of the higher-ups. Yeah, but, but like... Henry's whole thing is that he is a guy who sucks, plus he's got, like, no spine. But the army can't be, like, competent and incompetent at the same time. I don't know, like, like the way this show always does its schemes with higher-ups in the army is that it takes advantage of, like, bureaucracy and the amount of thing, the amount of people things have to pass through to get anything done. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, the way, the way Henry just immediately hits a wall and says, well, that's all I can do, and then everyone else is like, well, that's all we can do. Uh, and not like it matters, because then, at this point, the episode just becomes about Frank's hepatitis, and we do not touch on this North Korean much at all until, like, the very, very end. Yeah, basically, the the North Korean exhibits signs of hepatitis, and Hawkeye and Trapper are like, okay, 
it can be a bloodborne disease. So does that mean that Frank has hepatitis? And how do we find this out so that we can like tell him and make sure he doesn't go spread why it didn't, around? Why didn't some doctors test the blood before they put it in another guy? Uh, well, they are drunks. <laughs> yeah, but they're the best surgeons in the unit. I've heard. Maybe they're not used to the blood transfusion part. Maybe that's normally like a nurse's job. I don't really know how that works. Frankly, What's I, you, what? Yeah. I'm impressed that they did manage to like draw a man's blood without waking him up. That seems pretty impressive. Normally, those needles like hurt. I've never had my blood drawn. Really? Yeah, I'm gay. They don't let me. <laughs> so fuck them. I mean, I'm also gay, but I need to have it drawn every so often to make sure that I'm, like, gay enough, you know? They gotta they got yeah. test it. Mm -hmm. What's your blood type? I actually don't know. You probably should. My ass is O negative, so me saying <laughs> that I have never donated blood <laughs> means I'm going to hell, I guess. No, they're going to hell for not letting you. It's not like you have a bloodborne disease. You just have, like, I like sucking dick disease. And there ain't no cure for that, baby. Let me tell you. <laughs> the only cure is sucking dick. It's chronic. You do also indulge in the chronic, it's true. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it helps me suck dick. <laughs> uh, so they, they go to Frank, they try and get a blood sample, and he's not willing to, and it doesn't help that like they won't tell him why, because then they'd have to cop to taking his blood which would probably not go over great um i i do have in my notes hawkeye cops a feel i i think he just like grabs frank's titty at one point yeah well like frank is trying to like storm out the swamp and then the way hawkeye stops him is very like no 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 hold on hold on hold on but he's like you know very gentle with the with his mm -hmm. touch uh so what they end up deciding is they're not going to be able to get another blood sample. So what they're going to do instead is they're going to sample something that he can't help but give them. Uh, and they come up with a scheme to have him drink a bunch of beer because beer goes right through him. Uh, and then they're going to steal his piss and test that. Should have been his calm. <laughs> they would have to go to Houlihan for that. Yeah, I was about to say, do you think Margaret would have been on board? Which, by the way, okay, so, like, the other reason they should have tested the blood, Frank is fucking the girl that has fucked millions of people in the army. Oh, God, if he, if he did have hepatitis, just, like, half the planet would have it by now. Um. Oh, you don't remember COVID-50? <laughs> I don't think hepatitis, is hepatitis a coronavirus? No, I don't know if... I was about to say I don't know shit about hepatitis, but I know a little more than the people that wrote this episode. Because uh, let's let's go over the ways hepatitis is transferred. Mm -hmm. Sex. Yes. Blood. Mm -hmm. End of list. Genetically, maybe I don't know. So you're telling me that you can't give hepatitis to somebody by just like touching them? Well, I mean, they did give the North Korean some blood, so that would be. No, but what I mean is, they they seem to be very worried, one, that if Frank does surgery, he's going to give somebody right. hepatitis. no, that's it, oh my and, god. And, and, like, 
they they treat him like he like he's he's highly contagious and and could infect the whole camp. And it's like, no, like that's why you wash your hands. That's why you wear scrubs and yeah. like, I don't know. Don't, don't slit your own wrist needles. with the scalpel. Yeah, like I I don't know how they think him doing surgery is i mean maybe it's something i don't know maybe there is some potential complication that would cause like blood exchange but it seems pretty specious uh anyway radar redecorates the latrines uh so they're they're closed and he has frank go piss in like a fake outhouse they set up instead with like a bucket you know do what you gotta do uh, and you then, ever, you ever, um, what's the most remote place you've ever had to, like, take a piss? Like, the woods? Or, I guess what I mean is, like... You're asking, like, the most awful toilet I have engineered. Okay, yes, that's a better way to put it. One time when I was a kid, uh, I had to piss really bad, but I just had a nightmare, and I was scared to go downstairs to the bathroom in the dark. Okay. Uh, so, I had a wastebasket... And I just pissed in that. Okay. At least that's like a receptacle of some kind that you put waste that you don't want anymore. That's true. Generally not like liquid waste. Eh. It can handle it. I don't know. Mine is less exciting than that. Mine is just like... Sometimes you got a bottle around. I've never actually done that. Whenever Whenever I was on like a long car trip, I would just be like... Got mom, I have to piss. Dad, I have to piss. And they'd be like, okay, we'll pull over and you can just like go off into the woods for a little bit and just come back. They wouldn't, they wouldn't leave, they wouldn't just like send me into the woods. <laughs> One of them would come with me as a chaperone. But you, you get, you get the idea. This is a what hell of you, a tangent. What if you went out into the woods and you just heard someone say, occupied? <laughs> I gotta find a different tree. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I do have a note here. Frank's post-piss strat, which is, I think... I remember him, like, having a little ritual where he, like, shimmies with his pants a little bit. You know. If you, you know, it feels a little good to have a good piss, doesn't it? Sometimes, yeah. Other times... Here's another thing that got in the way. Sometimes it hurts real bad and you need to see a doctor and be like, hey, I think my piss might be fucked a little bit. I hope we're not getting too TMI in this episode. I, I haven't even gotten to the part where I couldn't eat for 24 hours. Man, we're a mess. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, we both turned 27 a month ago, so <laughs> it's all downhill from here. That That was the moment. Huh. So yeah, they they is there anything left but like the reveal that they stole Frank's blood and that he doesn't have hepatitis after all, so this North Korean just had it? No, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So yet another plot in which like turns out no one was at fault and it's just a big misunderstanding because of these Koreans. Now, okay, I don't think it was, like, a stereotype that I Koreans have hepatitis. I don't, I'm not saying that they're playing into some sort of stereotype like that. I'm saying, damn, you ran these episodes back to back. That's fair. 
Uh, but Frank does play checkers with uh, Pi at the end. Yeah, because I, I guess he's just still recovering, hanging out in the swamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawkeye gives Frank some flowers as as to say thank you for your blood. The first time Hawkeye has admitted wrongdoing in this show, I think. And hopefully the last. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, let's get to the last three slashy mash quotes. Mm-hmm. Attention, all mash personnel. Tonight's War Department film on how to lead a good, clean life has been canceled due to unusually heavy indifference. Now, what I think that means is that there's too many gay people in the camp to make this film take off. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Including the PA announcer. I don't know what his deal is yet, but... So, uh, you said that the PA announcer does eventually become, like, a character? No, or... I, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he remains, like, a voiceless... Well, not voiceless. Oh, oh a, a faceless formless voice. voice forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that one. Good work, Igor. Very good. In the morning, he will be one of my brides. I mean, we talked about this one already. That, that's more gender to me. I mean, I guess it's also gay. It's a spectrum. Gender can be gay. That's very true. I feel like most of the time it is. If if gender isn't gay, what are you even doing? Well, I don't want to go that far. I do. Okay. Fuck them. You know, technically, by some definition, we're heterosexual. Exactly. No, Maxie's doing a jack-off motion, and I agree with her. Uh, anyway, and our last one. Good night, darling. You're the greatest. Yeah, no, that one's just unambiguously a very gay thing to say. It gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Listen, if we want to talk about the intended reading, I think uh, it it is not unknown for straight men to, like, be a little gay as a bit. Yeah. But also... As gay and gender weird people... It, well, yeah, for us, it's easy to read that reading into it. And also, it's fun to read that reading into it. And But, but like, I think that's how Alan Alda plays the character, because he's talked before about, like, how when he was playing Hawkeye, or, like, in a lot of his acting career, he draws on a lot of the burlesque shows that he, like, grew up around, and I think that's very clear. Okay, yeah, I can uh, see that. So, like, there's absolutely that flamboyant quality uh, that is just short of, like, flaming. Huh. Still in the doldrums of season one. Yeah, these were a couple of rough ones. Uh, we, we talked last week about how uh, this show almost got canceled after season one. And I feel like I was maybe a little more charitable of like... Uh, maybe not. I, I can't actually remember. But my opinion of season one of this show continues to decline. Yeah. Again, it's it's not like I don't regret watching this show. I'm I'm not like having a bad time, but it's definitely not. Yeah, if, if you were like, yeah, you can watch this or Frasier, and I'm not a huge Frasier fan, I'd probably be like, Ooh, I could go for some Frasier. Yeah, what what was season one of Frasier like though? 
I get the impression that the Frasier formula was not particularly dynamic. I, I think in season one of Frasier, uh, Frasier and Niles are still very stuffy and like, oh, it's me, Frasier's dead, and, I, and I'm working class and a little, a little more rough around the edges. And I got like a British lady who takes care of me. And that's just Frasier for like the rest of Frasier. And this was the character from Cheers that they were like, we gotta break him out. You ever watch Cheers? I've never seen Cheers. Honestly? Listen, it, it's not going to happen for a while. We got a lot of mash to get through. I wouldn't be against watching Cheers after we finish all the mash we got. Oh, jeez. Cross that bridge let's, when we come to it. <laughs> let's not make promises we can't keep. I have been thinking about other old sitcoms, though. Oh, yeah? No, you know what I've been thinking of? Old crime dramas that no one remembers. Do you, does anyone know Canon? I don't know Canon. Well, there's a there's an old crime drama from like the eighties called Canon about this this cop named something or other Canon. And I saw one episode over the air while I was like really high, like maybe eighteen months ago. And I've just been kind of intrigued by it ever since. But yeah, thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with some more MASH, and maybe I'll remember to ask for questions on Twitter this time. But until then, I forgot I had to hit the button to do this. You got a sign off for me? No. Man, that was a mess. <laughs> Don't keep that part in.